on this week's Thoughts from the Shade. We'll put a bow on Super Wild Card Weekend and get fired up for our Philadelphia Eagles, who host the New York Giants in the divisional round Saturday night. Let's go! Welcome in to episode 78 of Thoughts from the Shade. No time to waste. We had six super wild card games this past weekend, and the NFL is down to its final eight teams of the season. We'll look forward to the divisional round. We'll look forward, obviously, to Eagles, Giants. But first, we got to look back and... uh not belabor the weekend that was because, as, as Bob mentioned before we hit record, uh, everybody watched these games. And, and if you didn't watch them, what, what, what kind of football fan are you? So let's bring them in. Let's wish them a pleasant good evening. Bob, what's the word, brother? Real season begins now, G. Ready to rock, man. Time to turn it up. Uh, yeah, so let's, let's obviously look back uh, at, at the weekend that was we started the weekend with San Francisco taking down Seattle on Saturday afternoon, Saturday night. Uh, the Jacksonville Jags with a historic comeback. I believe the third largest comeback in playoff history to defeat and knock out XL Boy and the Los Angeles Chargers followed up by Sunday. A closer than expected game uh, and a win for the Buffalo Bills over the Miami Dolphins. You had the Giants beat Kirk Cousins and the Vikings Sunday afternoon. And Sunday night, the Baltimore Ravens put up a fight, but it wasn't enough as the Cincinnati Bengals move on. And then Monday night, uh, could it be the end of an era? The Dallas Cowboys showed up. Tom Brady and company did not, and the Dallas Cowboys are on to San Francisco. So I just want to start, uh, instead of doing kind of a game-by-game breakdown, how about we go with a couple superlatives uh this week some high level quick quick run through uh bomb best performance of super wild card weekend what do you got pains me to say this but it, it's a fact man especially coming off that redskins game where they looked like absolute doo-doo it's dak prescott and the boys big mike mccarthy i'm not gonna call him fat i'm gonna call him big this week because he got the job done Dan Quinn had that defense, you know, ready to rock against TB12 and and the and the hacks that are the Tampa Bay Bucks. I, I got to tip the cap, man. Dallas looked great. Pollard had had a lot of pop. It seems like they're moving away, obviously, from Zeke. I like the way they use the tight ends. Dak ripped the ball in there. A couple of these throws, man. I mean, this is a team that looked very impressive, especially considering how they looked at the end of the season. I agree. I was surprised. Obviously, I was on Tampa, uh, gave it out on the pod last week, gave it out on the socials Monday night, and I expected a, a stronger performance from a Bucks team that, that got Ryan Jensen back at center, the leader, the anchor of the offensive line, pretty healthy uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, home field, we talked about Dallas's struggles on the natural grass, but Got to tip the cap. Got to give them credit. Give them their flowers. They showed up. Uh, I mean, both teams kind of looked rough from the start. And then 
one team got it together and one team didn't. So complete 180 for Dak Prescott from from week 18 um, and just more of the same from the eight and nine bucks. I don't know why I had any expectations for the bucks uh, in this spot. Maybe a little bit of uh, of fandom. You know, I went into the game. You, you think you think about you see the warm ups and you just think about man, I can't wait to see a dirtied up Prescott and and big Mike McCarthy walking off that field catching a fat L. Like what a way to end a long holiday weekend that would have been, but wasn't the case. Uh, and, and Dallas is on to San Francisco. And the other thing I think I kind of got roped into, Bob, and, and curious to get your thoughts. Tampa Bay, uh, two-and-a-half-point home dog in, in that spot. I mean, if that game is played in Dallas, I mean, three points for home field, right? Uh, so on a neutral, you got to have Dallas. Um, you know, it's, it's a six-point swing. So Dallas is is a decent favorite uh, if that game's at Jerry World. So – I think I, I kind of got tricked by that, but maybe, maybe the line told us something uh, that, that we should have seen. Yeah, this is one of those things where I, I think you could throw the line out the window because if you watched if you watched Tampa in any of these primetime games all season long, they freaking stunk. Like, they have been really bad. But you got a lot of betters who, you know, have the Cowboys in that week's, week 18, how they played against Washington – the history of the Cowboys in the playoffs on the road, the history of Dak Prescott in the playoffs. And then obviously with Tampa, you got the greatest to ever do it, Tuam, Tuam and the boys. So um, in my mind, I, I think you can almost kind of throw the line out the window because I feel like there's so many, you know, Brady's such a divisive player. The Cowboys are such a divisive franchise that there was probably action coming in all over the place. Wouldn't have matter what the number is. People would have been betting based on their own personal biases. And I have to add, what a complete joke from from ESPN, from Joe Buck, to do one of the greatest the game's ever seen, Tom Brady, like that, with, with the jinx. They, they make their first red zone trip uh, of the game early on there, a couple drives in. And Joe Buck hits you with, he hasn't thrown a pick in the red zone since 2019. And I'm watching the game with my old man, and I said, he's about to throw a pick. Like, that. that's just the kiss of death. I don't know if they did anything for Brett uh, Mayer or Maher, however he pronounces that last name. I don't know if they put any, any kind of hoax on him, but uh, obviously missed the first three and, and got the next one. Next one to go. But Four, I thought. Did he miss Four. It was four. They almost ran out of kick. I read today they almost, you know how the, uh, for footballs, they got the balls for the offense and the balls for the kicker. They almost ran out of kicking balls because like the balls were wide and they were ending up with the fans. Like Dallas almost ran out of footballs for Maher to keep kicking. They weren't hitting the net. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it was four, right? Because they had scored four touchdowns and it was 24 nothing. But he, he hit the fifth one. That's uh my mistake, but just just could not believe uh, that they did Brady like that. You, you could you could feel it coming, um, and we saw the big comeback Saturday night, obviously with with our boy Doug Peterson. But you didn't get the sense that that there was any fight uh, in the Bucks in the latter latter stages of that game. Uh, my best performance got to stay in the division. I mean, you could just say the NFC East had the best performance of the weekend. Um, but I'll go with the New York Giants. 
Daniel Jones, I mean, did everything he had to do, right? Took care of the football. He's hitting those shallow shallow crossers, uh, getting it done when he had to with his legs. And, and Brian Dable, um, you know, really good game plan in a rematch. All, all, all the games this weekend were rematches of the regular season. Uh, and you saw Dable kind of maybe flip the script a little bit uh, or, or take what worked uh, in the close loss in the regular season to Minnesota. But the New York Giants going on the road, hostile environment. Uh, obviously, it'll be more hostile for them this weekend. Um, but pretty impressive performance. And, I mean, you got you do got to throw in the caveat that Minnesota's defense is absolutely horrific. Um, however, this is a Giants team that, that has been pitiful for a few years now. Uh, they, they were hot out of the gate. They kind of stumbled down the stretch. You're not sure what you're going to get out of them. And they go into to a tough environment uh, and play a really clean football game. So, uh, obviously, a little um, prelude to, to, the, to the preview of Saturday night. Uh, but impressive stuff from the New York Giants. So, big performances out of the NFC East. We got three NFC East teams going into divisional weekend. Uh, pretty pretty hard to, to believe. Uh, you would have asked me that in August. I don't think I would have had that. No, it's pretty surprising, man, especially considering the division's been down for quite some time. It's good to see the division back in the uh, in the forefront in the national conversation. I agree with you, man. Hell, hell of a game by the, by the G-Men, by Big Blue. Uh, it, it hurt the bomb. It hurt the bomb's wallet. I am no Kirk Cousins believer. I'm no... You know, O'Connell believer. I'm, I don't believe in the Vikings at all. But the amount of hype, the amount of talk, the amount of public money, the amount of people on the Giants, the amount of people on the Giants money line. I took all the cash that I won on Saturday night, putting the money on the Jags at halftime money line, slammed it all onto the fucking Minnesota Vikings to be let down by that cock, Kirk Cousins. I will never bet on that fucking asshole ever again. The first big game he plays well in will be the first big game he plays well in. That guy, I would rather, if I'm a Vikings fan, I would rather be 3-14 three and, three and 14 every year and, and, and just drafting at the, top of the, uh, at the top of the fucking draft, you know, year in, year out, missing on big draft picks rather than watching Kirk Cousins because he's got you in this mediocrity spin. 11 and 0 in one score games. We man, we just know how to get it done in these one score games and they just sucked. They sucked on Sunday. Well said. Yeah, I mean 4th and 8, the season and 8 for the Vikings and the the guy throws a a 3-yard out route to the tight end. I mean, you have you have pro- arguably the best wide receiver in football who can make, you know, he probably made the catch of the year this year can can make any play. I mean, I'd be fine with a pick in that situation as long as you throw it past the sticks. Did you hear what he said after the game? No. He said he looked at his first option, which was Jefferson, saw that he was covered. And he felt the pressure and he thought, ah, I can't take a sack here. Let me let me check it down because I've had some success this year throwing it short and short of the sticks and letting guys go get it. So you look at your best receiver, the guy who's all world, the guy who's breaking every record, the guy who every team is begging for, give me the gritty, I want to see the gritty. 
and you can't throw it up to that guy, but you're going to check it down and hope your tight end breaks attack? Come on, man. I mean, did he not see the guy draped right on Hawkinson? Really bad. It's just such a really? cheese dick. An- it's such a cheese dick answer. Acting like he went through his progressions. Like, first of all, I don't know how that route is even an option. Like, you have eleven guys on the field, and you're gonna presumably five or six are blocking. One of them's throwing. So, how many guys now can 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 catch the ball? You're gonna run one guy at three yards past the line of scrimmage. That's a horrific play call. And then for him to think he can go there with the football, I mean. Holy hell, G. I, I just I don't understand how these guys get paid millions, hundreds of millions of dollars to be totally brain dead. And just come up so small continuously in, in the biggest spots. But also on the Giants, complete completely empty injury report going into that game, fully healthy uh, on, on defense. I know they were missing guys for, for some time on the defensive side. So something to, to keep in mind and keep an eye on, but one of the healthiest teams uh in this in this playoffs remaining so let's go to let's go from best to worst the worst performance of the weekend i'm shocked you didn't go here with your best performance bomb but i guess the first half was pretty historically bad uh but how about your worst performance of the weekend it's not even close it's the it's the la chargers it's the fraud that is staley excel i call him excel boy um, clearly the formulas were jacked up in the Excel this week, right? I believe the first team in the playoffs to ever lose a game while winning the turnover margin 5-0. I believe the first team in the NFL in 13 years. I believe in 2012, it was the last time a team that lost the turnover battle 5-0 won a game, right? So here you got Excel boy. And by the way, those turnovers were horrific. Like it, it wasn't like turnovers like down in the red zone like Tom Brady oh a touchback we now we got to go 80 yards whatever it is they were like on the doorstep I think the average starting field position for LA in the first half was like the Jaguars 40 so they go down they get all these points and this tough guy this this Brandon Staley who's doing his his exercises who's jogging up and down the the bleachers like it's Friday night lights this, this fucking jabroni okay they're up 24 nothing it's fourth and goal from the five right at the end of the second quarter and he sends dicker the kicker out there i was told for how many years that this guy's an analytics guy this guy's a guy who's willing to roll the dice in the biggest moment he turtled i was sitting there at pj wheelhands with a bunch of folks i said i can't believe this guy's not going for it if you score seven here, you're up 31 nothing. This game's over. Statistically, they can't come back. It's all about possessions. So this guy turtles. He kicks the field goal. Then they get the ball back. It's still 27 nothing. They can get out and get another touchdown before the end of the first half. And he's running He's running that reverse or that, that end around like a backup wide receiver, like fumble. I mean, it, it was so obvious that Jacksonville was going to come back. And then you get to the second half. Like, the, that. that's... What he did was so bad in the first half. You get to the second half. Gee, they're snapping the ball consistently with like 10 to 15 seconds left on the play clock. Uh, they're, they're, they're throwing the ball all over the field. Uh, it was it was astonishing to watch. There was at one point where he he threw a challenge flag 
like Jacksonville's ready to get up on the ball and they, they hadn't even gotten to the ball yet. The clock's ticking. He's throwing the challenge flag, stopping the clock before they can even hike the ball. You know, it would have been another 10, 15 seconds. I mean, the guy and, and, and the offensive coordinator gets thrown under the bus, so he gets canned, right? You got Herbert, who never won shit at Oregon, telling you, we oh, a lot of teams would love to have Brandon Staley. We love our coach. So this guy keeps his job after that? That was disgusting. Worst playoff coaching performance I have ever seen. It's got to be up there for sure. Uh, I think they ran the ball seven times in that second half, which is a complete disgrace. He talked about the challenge. Uh, I think that play that he challenged, it was a clear catch. I forget who it was. I don't know if it was Zay Jones or Kirk, but clear catch. Um, I mean, even even late in that game, it's 30-28. to 28. Los Angeles has the ball. And they're 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 dropping back on first down and, and taking a nine yard sack. Then you got to throw two more times. You're you're not draining the play clock before you snap the ball, like you mentioned. Um, and then I thought I thought there was a play right before the two minute warning. It was a a ball on the sideline to Christian Kirk, and they didn't really show a replay, but it it happened very fast. It, it went to the to the two, so you're still above the two. You get a commercial break. Uh, we got we got no replays. They, there was no talk of a challenge, so maybe it was just a clear catch. But when I when I saw it live, I was like, I don't know if that was a catch, and it was a pretty significant game. But I mean, no thought given there from Brandon Staley. Um, obviously, you talked about the offensive coordinator catching the flak, Joe Lombardi. He gets the axe today. Uh, just yeah, so bad. I mean, it's it's inexcusable to to lose a twenty seven nothing lead. Uh, in the playoffs or, or or in any game, honestly, um, and yeah, he just walks up and down that sideline, paces real slow with his hand on his chin, and he's just—you can just tell—he's completely clueless. He inspires no confidence whatsoever. Um, and the other thing about that game, sure, you built a twenty-seven nothing lead. You, you, you got four picks in the first half. That game could have been thirty-five or forty-two zip in could the first been. half. Yeah, that's 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 what I said to the people I was watching with. And it was twenty-seven, and then J- Jacksonville gets the score before the half. After you know the 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 fumble, the play to the backup. I mean, maybe that one falls on the OC because DeAndre Carter goes out. Mike Williams is already out because you played him in a meaningless game in Week eighteen. <laughs> I know he's the glass man, but why the hell are you playing your starters in Week eighteen? Just a, a, a clueless guy at the top of that operation, uh, and you can't really be surprised that it fell apart. Um, it was late Saturday night. You already watched one game. You figure maybe maybe mail it in, catch some Z's. You, you got a big day, three games tomorrow. I said to myself, this this game is very far from over. Uh, if, if there's any coach that could blow this lead, it's this guy. And sure as shit, it happened. So worst performance of the week for Bomb to, to Brandon Staley and the would Chargers. You, uh, before we move on, but would you also agree, like, the thing that's weird to me is with these new age analytics coaches – it's almost like the Ryan Day situation where everybody wants the credit for the things that didn't like, oh, I want the credit for the fake punt, even though I didn't have to do the fake punt. Like Brandon Staley wants the credit for being like this new age head head coach, this guy who takes chances. But then in the biggest moment, he turtles. And then you look across the field at the guy rocking the visor with the gray hair popping out and everybody claimed he was a stunad. Everybody called him an idiot when he first started coaching in the NFL. And like, 
This is the only guy that I watch every week or every other week now, now that I don't get him every week, where in the biggest moments, in situations where it makes sense to do certain things, like Doug Peterson is the only guy who is consistently willing to buck the trend and say, no, we're going to do this. Like Bosa loses his shit. uh, You know, he gets the personal foul. They move the ball to the one. All right, we're going for it now because a field goal wins it. Like, and if we don't get it, we know we need a touchdown and we're going to go get, like, the guy just does everything right. He gets no credit. But then the media wants to turn around with these new age young guns, all these head coaches, and act like they're like God's gift to win probability. It's so strange. Yeah, we'll get to, uh, we'll get to the young guns and and a guy who was a part of another Another blown lead down in San Francisco. But before I get to my worst performance of the week, uh, just a reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at TFTSpod and on Instagram at Thoughts from the Shade. My worst performance of the week, I mean, obviously the Chargers debacle's got to be up there. Um, but you, you got to look to the GOAT. Is it the end for Tom Brady? Um, I, I couldn't help but think watching that game, like this dude is washed. Um I know he's always kind of been a pansy in the face of pressure in the pocket, um, but the guy was just completely rattled. Um, missing throws, and they're, they're talking about miscommunication with, with Mike Evans and Godwin and, and everybody. I mean, these throws weren't even in the neighborhood, and it it was just sad. I, I Again, I, I don't want to... I don't want to beat a dead horse because it was already beat last night. Like you're, you're just watching that game, like a, like a heavyweight boxing match or a heavyweight UFC fight. And the one guy is just continuing to pound the face of the other guy. The one guy pounding the face being the Cowboys and the loser being Tom Brady. The the only difference is there was no referee to call the fight. It just continued to pile drive Brady right in the mouth. Uh, I know the Godwin fumble that got called back, he's he's trying to make a slide tackle on a guy returning that ball. Kind of a scumbag move. I mean, just completely rattled, and, he, and he's just really sitting on the sideline, kind of moping. You got your boy Todd Toilet Bowles. He's standing there with, again, another guy, hand on the chin, no emotion, no expression, uh, just standing there with, with a blank stare on his face like, like a deer in the headlights. Um, so really disappointing stuff from the Bucks, from Tom Brady, and give Dallas credit. I mean, obviously a great pass rush, but that secondary has been exposed a number of times, excuse me, throughout the season, especially down the stretch. I mean, Garner fucking Minshew on Christmas Eve throws for 355 on that Cowboys secondary, and Tom Brady couldn't complete a pass out of 66 fucking pass attempts. So really tough way to see the guy go. I mean, I respect his greatness and everything, but after a performance like that and, and the year that he had, like, He's got to hang it up. He's washed. Like the Raiders might want him. The Jets might want him. San Francisco, maybe. I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't want him. I wouldn't touch him. I mean, look at the end of Peyton Manning's career. That was ugly. Another, another guy that stuck around too long that you kind of remember the end of his career that he kind of blew dick. So, like, if Brady continues, I think it's going to be more of the same. Uh, and it, it, it might tarnish the legacy just a hair. Wow, tarnish the legacy. A hair, a hair. I know I know I know that's that's uh harsh. I mean he's the goat. I I I'm a Brady guy. I I I love Tom Brady. I mean but 
obviously something going on, you know, the divorce this season. He wasn't posting the, the many hype videos on Instagram or uh, the, the, the post-game win videos with Grok and, and bumping P. Diddy and the boys, you know, getting on the plane. There was none of that. So something, something was up with him this year. Obviously, a lot of things going on off the field for him. But I don't know, man. Maybe he gets right in, in uh, what, eight months before September. But I, I, I think it's just time to pull the plug. All I got to say is, gee, he looked very similar at the end of his run with the Pats. You know, I think a lot of bailing out of throws, throwing balls away, nobody open, no no, no O-line, no receivers. The receivers are washed. I, I could uh, – I don't know what team it's going to be, but if he decides to continue playing and he, and he picks the right spot, nothing would shock me with this guy. But last night was, was horrific. It was. Now, uh, yeah, if he goes to a place where – good coaching staff there's good talent good line and, and good receivers and maybe a run game i mean christ i think it at one point you looked at the the run pass splits for for tampa bay last night and it was 50 to, to 7 or, or something like that uh i mean they, they didn't run the ball all year but yeah you saw some some really horrific throws throws it across the field into quadruple coverage just really unlike the guy that we've come to know uh as the goat over the years so keep your chin up tom um and keep the drama coming so we we got something to talk about but Jesus Christ pick it up on the field uh let's let's round out the super wild card weekend recap with biggest takeaways Bob what's your biggest takeaway from wild card weekend and moving forward in this playoff yeah my biggest takeaway it's it's a uh it's a message to all these Eagles fans that, that think it's just going to be a waltz or a walk directly to the NFC Championship game, directly to the Super Bowl. We watched Miami go up to Buffalo with a third-string quarterback playing in frigid temperatures against a team that has all the emotions on their side, all the, you know, the city on their side, and almost win that game outright as a 13-and-a-half-point dog. If not for, you know, the head coach and the OC not being able to get the play, and I think they possibly get down the field and win that game. We saw Baltimore go on the road against Cincinnati, a team that was just in the Super Bowl. Um, and if not for a really dumb play by the backup quarterback trying to go up and over the, the top, you know, about a yard and a half out, they are going in for a score and the lead. So... My biggest takeaway after watching these games, and again, maybe it's chalk in the divisional round with these one seeds coming off the bye, but if you think it's just going to be an easy walk right to a Super Bowl, I think you're you're mistaken. We saw a lot of fight in teams that had no business being in games. I totally agree, and I, I think I said it last year, and I think it's common for folks to say that follow football that – Typically, the divisional round is like the the best weekend of football of the year. Uh, I thought we had a great, fantastic weekend of football this past weekend. Um, Even the biggest blowout game was was a game in the first half. You had Geno Smith chucking it, chucking it around the yard. They had the lead at halftime. Um, Every every game was close except for Monday night, really, at at one point. Um, So, yeah, take nothing for granted. You got to show up. And I'll just kind of piggyback on that, that it's wide open. I mean, th- this thing is wide open. Um, 
you see Dallas do a complete 180 from from their last game. Uh, you talked about Miami. I think if Tua plays, they probably win that game. Um, but again, not 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 to uh, be redundant, but the the Baltimore performance and that them slowing down Joe Burrow and that offense just, just it was a very it was a weekend full of parity. Um, and yeah, I I think this thing's wide open. The Chiefs are still the favorite. Uh, they, I think they have the best quarterback probably left. They probably have the best coach left. Um, but but aside from that, I think I think nothing's a given. And uh, you know, Doug Peterson and, and his squad are, are not going to be phased at all going into Arrowhead on Saturday afternoon. So really looking forward to that one. Um, my other big takeaway, aside from it being wide open at this point, uh, is the Buffalo Bills and, and Josh Allen. They may be the most overrated and overhyped team uh, in the NFL in a long time. And, um, I mean, you, you just watch the game Sunday. You listen to Tony Romo. He's talking about Josh Allen being Mr. January. Oh, he's Mr. January. Uh, I think he turned the ball over three times in the first half, or t- maybe two picks in the first half, and then a sack fumble to start the second half, and, and Miami took the lead there. But, I mean, Mr. January? Mr. January hasn't made it to February. So how like how are you Mr. January if you haven't even gotten to the Super Bowl? Um like I, I think about you know the the Flyers fans called Danny Briere Mr. Playoffs like yeah the guy lit it up on a run to the Stanley Cup or you think about Justin Williams with the LA Kings not not to go hockey on you but he was Mr. Game 7. The guy scored big goals in Game 7. Uh, and Josh Allen hasn't made it to the Super Bowl. He hasn't won the biggest game in January, and he's Mr. January. And then it's late in the game, and Josh Allen's on a third down. He's on a keeper, and, and Romo's good. Oh, he's like Michael Jordan. You just got He just wants the ball, and he's just going to take it himself. I mean, he's playing fucking Skylar Thompson, and we're calling this guy Mike. We're comparing him to Michael Jordan on the broadcast. Uh, just totally disgusting. They go up 17-zip. I have fucking the Bills' first half minus seven. I'm counting my money. And, and you got Josh Allen th- throwing throwing bombs all over the yard and, and, you know, throwing it behind people and tip balls. Like, they, they talk about this guy like, like he's one of the greats. And, and sure, he's pretty good, but I think one of our loyal listeners texted us and is like, is this guy Carson Wentz light? And I'm not. I'm not in total disagreement. I mean, yes, Josh Allen is is good and makes some really great plays, but there's not much to that team and that offense. They they chuck it down the field to Diggs or Davis or whoever, and and they just try to hit bombs. So, uh, my takeaways: it's wide open, and and the Bills. I mean, totally totally overhyped, totally overrated. Maybe they shut me up this weekend with their performance against Cincinnati, uh, but I I just can't take it um, with them and. The other thing I can't take, and, and this is kind of an aside from from the takeaways, but this hype about about Brock Purdy and, and Shanahan and everybody. I mean, it's it's the young gun stroke fest. It's Brock Purdy, you know, getting rubbed off, and, and Shanahan is is so great and everything. I mean, give the guy, give the kid some credit. He came in end of the season, home game against the Bucks, and he, and he tears them up. He's played really well. Um, but I mean, they talked about that performance on Saturday like it was an all-time performance. He played the fucking Seattle Seahawks, one of the worst defenses in the NFL this season. So I get it; you can only play who you can play, and you don't want to make it about the schedule. Uh, but again, 
just talking about historic and young Tom Brady. I mean, save it, man. Save it. You know what? The Eagles get the win this weekend. Bring that kid to the link uh, as as the sun sets on a winter afternoon and bring that kid in and bring him on. I, I, I want a piece of parody. You know, you would think the guy is like a, uh, you know, I, I he, you would think he's a, he's a Super Bowl winning MVP the way they talk about Brock Purdy already. You know what I mean? I mean, the guy's the guy's no good and uh, he's managing the game. I mean, he might as well be G at, at Holly Kong Middle School, you know, with the skull cap on. That's basically like what, what he gives you. I agree. Just. Dumping it off to guys that are wide open who run all the way down the field. Look at that Debo Samuel touchdown. But they are a scary team. Great defense. They have a lot of weapons. I mean, I mean, they're a good team. But but it's it's another hype fest. But you know what? I I'm loving it because between San Francisco and Parity and Shanahan, and then the revival of the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott on Monday night, nobody's talking about the Eagles, and that's exactly how we want it. I know we've talked in the past about how we're not the big no one likes us, we don't care, and, and you know, maybe the underdog masks are thrown on a time too many, but nobody's talking about the Eagles right now, and, and that's exactly how you should want it to be and how I want it to be. Did you hear what Ryan Clark said yesterday after after the game Monday, on Monday Night Football? No. no. He's on he's on SVP. He's on Sports Center with Scott Van Pelt. And of course, you know, we got a stroke off the Cowboys and Dak, and it was a heck of a performance, right? Great game. They won the game. They finally won a road game in the playoffs, etc. So they start talking about the rest of the NFC, and Ryan Clark starts going on and on about how Dak is the best quarterback left in the NFC. And he's going to show them the difference between a Dak and a Brock Purdy this week. And all due respect to Jalen Hurts, you know, all due respect to him. But Dak is the guy. I mean, I almost fell off my couch here. Like, <laughs> like, like Hurts probably is the MVP, even, you know, in, 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 in the midst of, you know, missing those couple games. My opinion is the MVP. We saw what happened when he went out. But like to sit there and talk about like Dak, like Dak Prescott finally won a road playoff game against a geriatric quarterback who like, is going to get his AARP card in four years. Like, what are we talking about here? I hear you, man. But that's what happens. There's there's nothing uh, there's nothing sexy about about talking up the Eagles. I don't I don't know what it is, but it's all about the Shanahan's, the Sam Fran's, the Purdy's, Dak Prescott. So good for them. Um, hopefully, the Eagles will come out Saturday night and, and put everybody back back on watch that's what i'm looking for um but before we get to eagles giants we'll remind everybody that this episode is brought to you by our great friends at menard premium detailing located in warminster pennsylvania uh check them out on facebook on instagram on youtube and at menard premium detailing.com There's one thing I want you to do for me. What? Come here. Win. 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 What are we waiting for? You know what you gotta do. Do it. How you feel? What's about to happen on this field, man? It ain't about how hard you hit. 
It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Everything that you got to see That's all I stand between you and immortality. Pray for this. Oh, he is going deep. Out of into the touchdown is Let's go, baby. I know I know you're not the highest on that hype video, but I it's got it's gotta get you, man. It's it's gotta get you. You're you're gonna be there Saturday night. You're gonna hear it, you're gonna see it. The people are gonna be fired up. Um I had to tee that one up for the for the playoffs now. It's time to get time to get jacked up. Eagles, Giants, Saturday night. 815 Lincoln Financial Field. Eagles are a seven and a half point favorite. Believe the total is sitting somewhere around 46. 46 and a half. But uh it, it's time to crack it up. I know we, we kind of came down this home stretch and, and stumbled into the playoffs and stumbled into this one seed and moped our way through that last game against the Giants, but I don't know. You watch a weekend of playoff football and you sit on the sidelines and you wait for who you're playing, and now, now I'm jacked up. I'm ready to go. I'm feeling good. Um, how are you feeling? I mean, how can you feel anything other than confident? It's a Saturday night game in front of the link. Um, the, the the you know the Philly faithful at the link. Um, you know that 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 Falcons. Saturday night game when when Julio was out of bounds and the Green Goblin pushed him out, you know that that was the first win on the run to the Super Bowl. This feels a bit different, man. I mean, you got a divisional opponent coming in. I feel like there's more juice. If you look at ticket prices, they're sky high. I feel like you're going to get a lot of that New York scum trying to come down and scoop tickets. So I would implore the Philly faithful not to sell. We got to be in the stadium. We got to be ready to cheer the boys on. I, I think the birds get it done. I do think the Giants cover. I think this is going to be a closer game than people realize. I like what the Giants did in the run game against the Vikings. Um, Daniel Jones obviously had a big day. Uh, ultimately, I think the Eagles get it done. But, I, I, you know, anyone who's sitting here saying there's no way the Eagles lose, you're a fool. This is going to be a dogfight. This is going to be a divisional dogfight. I agree. I don't. You, you definitely can't go that that they're not going to lose. We just we just saw all these close games this past weekend. We saw teams that had no business being in games, being in games, and one one, one play or one bounce goes the wrong way, and it's uh, it's exit interview day, and the, the cardboard boxes are out in the locker room, and Overcare comes on there Monday. So I'm with you, but but I'm I'm feeling confident. Uh, Lane Johnson was practicing last week and prop, you know, going to ramp it up this week. Should be ready to go. Jalen Hurts, uh, f- kind of fully cleared today, not listed on the injury report here Tuesday. He's going to be ready to go. I just think that that as respectable or admirable as you know the Giants' effort was last week, 
It was against a Minnesota Vikings team that I believe finished the regular season with a negative point differential. And you you look at the talent disparity. I mean, I, I think the Eagles are, are better everywhere. I think the Giants have a great D-line. I think the Eagles have a better D-line. The Eagles have a better offensive line. They have better skill players. They have a better secondary. Whatever you, whatever you want to call it, you, you go up and down the board, the Eagles have, have the talent advantage everywhere. Um, I'm not sure that they have the advantage at head coach and, and the coaching positions, but – if the Eagles play their game, they, they show up, they crank it up. Um, I think they win, and I, th- I think there's an opportunity to cover. I think the number the number is uh, is pretty fair. I want to ask you this, Bob, before we kind of continue to, to break this game down. I saw something on Twitter over the weekend, uh, and this this might be like a Philly Hawk take, but the the guy was alluding that that Sirianni and Co kind of kept it really vanilla in Week 18 uh, with the thought in mind that they might face the Giants uh, come this weekend. I mean, I have no words to express for that that take. The Eagles needed a win to clinch the one. I don't think they were playing. With anything else in their mindset, you could talk about vanilla. I mean, what's vanilla? Is vanilla not running your quarterback who's injured 20 times a game? Is that vanilla? Yeah, it looks different than what they did against Chicago, but they had to because they didn't want to put the guy in harm's way. I think the better question isn't, you know, did they save the plays? Did they save? I mean, it's slants to A.J. Brown. It's vanilla. Slants to A.J. Brown. The, the better, the question isn't, did they keep it vanilla? What do they have in the bag? The question is, how healthy is Hurts? What are they going to do in the run game with Hurts? Because obviously when we saw him last in a game they had to have, granted against backups in Davis Webb, they protected the guy. And I don't think you can win a game in the playoffs when your quarterback's best a- asset, his dual threat ability, is taken away. So we're going to have to, we're going to, have to see early. We'll see early kind of what the game plan is, but – I don't think it's a matter of vanilla or not vanilla. It's a matter of, is the quarterback healthy? Yeah, I mean, that was a, like you said, must-win game. I think that's kind of a uh, a scorcher, a scorching hot take from, from that, that fellow, that fan. Um, when you got to have it to, to clinch a one seed, to clinch a bye, to clinch your own field, I don't, I don't think you're keeping it vanilla no matter – no matter who you're playing, and obviously Hertz wasn't a hundred percent, so that that was probably more the contributing factor than anything. So, but as far as this weekend comes, like, I don't think the game plan can be to worry about re-injury or, or protecting him. Like, you, you gotta you gotta go win the game, and you got you gotta have your, your best player doing what he does best. Um. So that's that's kind of where I stand on it. And, and if you, you go down swinging, so be it. But you, you can't play the first three quarters and be, be in a dogfight because Jalen Hurts, you didn't have him take off or you didn't have him keep any RPOs or anything like that or, or zone reads. Then you end up in a, in a fourth quarter in a dogfight and, and one thing goes wrong and you're totally fucked. So, like, it's, it's balls to the walls. It's playoff time. Um it's do or die. You know, there, there's no, there's no excuse, uh, for, for holding anything back. Um, but as far, as far as the game's concerned, like, I think 
you know, you talked about, or we talked about kind of the Giants and, and the performance of Daniel Jones last week, getting it done through the air on the ground. Like, I think the biggest key on the defensive side for the Eagles is they got they got to keep that guy in the pocket. They got to get to him. Um, and it isn't the MO of, of our boy Jonathan Gannon, but I think you got you to gotta creep those D-backs up a little bit because you saw a lot of shallow crossers or intermediate crossers or intermediate routes from the Giants against Minnesota, the Slaytons, the Hodgins. These guys are catching 10, 12-yard balls and then ripping it off for another 15. That that just can't happen. So I don't know if it's got to be man or if it's got to be zone. You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to go that deep into the X's and O's, but I think it's got to be a four-man rush and it's got to be – short to intermediate coverage. If if Daniel Jones is going to beat you over the top down the sideline and gets big play slay uh, and James Bradbury, who this game is going to be so personal for, then so be it. That That's how you got to go down if you're going to go down to this team. But, again, look at the personnel. Um, these playmakers for the Giants, are they, they've done a nice job. The, the guy Hodgins, he's, he's really stepped up and, and played well. Slayton is kind of a hit-or-miss guy, but can make some plays. But, I mean, this, this it, I would be shocked if this team is burning you on the outside deep. So it's contain Daniel Jones, contain Saquon, you know, contain the run game, and and, and protect those short, short to intermediate routes because that's what they're going to try to do. They're going to try to dink and dunk you. They're going to try to run it with Saquon. They're going to try to build up that T.O.P. And, and keep the Eagles' offense on the sideline. So... That's kind. Of, that's kind of where I'm at as as far as a defensive game plan. Yeah, I think by and large you're you're spot on. I guess that if I could maybe add a couple a couple thoughts, um, I, I tend to agree with you. However, I don't know enough about Brian Dayball and his style yet as a head coach to where I do not kind of discount or put out of my mind like the concept of this guy running some crazy stuff or running a couple gadget plays to try to steal some points or a touchdown. You know, the Eagles defense is is uber aggressive in terms of getting upfield to the quarterback with their line. You know, if if they decide to play a different scheme on the back half, like and particularly with with how good Barkley is and how the Eagles know they got to stop that run game. You know, are we going to see like a halfback pass? Are we going to see, you know, kind of some different stuff behind the line of scrimmage? The other thing, too, is uh, beyond just like kind of the offense and the defense, <clears throat> special teams-wise, I-, I wouldn't be shocked if the G-men try to steal a couple possessions. Fake punt, you know, f- uh, onside kick, some- something goofy. Uh, de- and again, depending upon how the game goes, the flow of the game will obviously be important here. But I don't know that I've seen enough from Dayball to really have a good read in terms of like how this guy's going to manage a game where he probably knows going in, he's outmanned. You know, if both teams are lining up against each other, Eagles probably win that game more often than not. So uh, he strikes me as the kind of guy who's a bit of a gambler, and I have no data to back that up. But I would say, like, I, I hope the Eagles are aware of those situations and it's not just like, you know, kumbaya, you know, Nick Sirianni in the club, you know, in the clubhouse, in the locker room talking about being together. You know, we got to be together. No, 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 no. You got you to be aware of the fucking fake punt, pal. Yeah, I think – I don't know that I'd be on the lookout for it early, right? Uh, the Giants are 
probably playing with some confidence after the win last week, and you don't know if, if the Eagles start slow. So, yeah, obviously game flow plays a huge factor, but I think you kind of saw with Minnesota um, – Dable having a lot of success a second time around against the Vikings. And again, a, a putrid defense, Kirk Cousins. Uh, this is a different animal that the Giants are going to have to face on Saturday night. Uh, but I guess offensively, like, we, it's obvi- it all comes down to Hurts. Um, but I, I just don't know if, if this can be like a, an air it out kind of game. Like, where did they have success? In the forty-eight to twenty-two game, like I can't remember if that was if that was all run or if that was all pass or if it was a mix. Like you think about the the Green Bay game was all run, the Tennessee game was all pass. Clearly, they did some good things on offense. I mean, me personally, I th- I think they got to pound the rock on on Saturday night. I think this has to be a game where you you give Miles Sanders the ball twenty times. I want to see Kenny Gainwell with you know, eight to 10 carries. And I want to see Boston Scott with maybe, you know, five to eight carries. And then whatever you get in the run game from Hertz will be a plus. I, 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 I just think in January, in the cold, in a night game, I don't want to see the slant shit. I don't want to see, uh, you know, a linebacker getting depth and a ball getting tipped. We saw a lot of it with Jacksonville, you know, this weekend, balls getting tipped, freaky things happen. Let's just run the football down their throats and win the football game. That's one of my my biggest fears. I feel like kind of down the stretch, the Eagles got away from that a little bit, but I, I've got it up now in that 48-22 win. Miles Sanders, 17 for 144 and two tutties. Hurts, 7 for 77 and a tutty. Boston Scott, 6 for 33 and a tutty. I think you got you to gotta put some money on a Boston Scott touchdown anytime this weekend. It's just uh, it's just routine against the Giants at this point. But no, I I agree they they have they have to run the ball. They have to establish the run. I know I've cried for it in the past, but I think it it carries more water in the playoffs. You have to be able to run the ball. Uh, Minnesota wasn't able to really run the ball with Dalvin Cook last week, and then you you just saw a Giants secondary that was draped all over everybody and and slowed down Jefferson to a degree. They're healthy in the secondary. Dory Jackson back. I think he's their top guy back there. So I agree. I don't want to see the constant slants. Um, it starts with the run, and you build off of that. So that's that's what I think has to happen. I think the Eagles' offensive line they got to assert themselves again. Giants' D line is strong, healthy, but the I think the Eagles have the edge there. So you just got to lean on those guys and let it open everything else up because. You don't you don't have to do anything crazy to win this game. They're the better team on paper. They have more talent. Um, they just need to take care of the football and and, and run it and, and let things happen from there. We got a pick on the game. You want you want to go pick? You got anything else uh, on the game? I'm not picking this game. Um, He's not picking the game. Come on, man. Nah, I can't pick this game. There's too much going on. Um, I may regret saying this, but I got to call out a lot of people. Um, you know, you're going through it, G, right? You you, you pop the question. Um, you know, I, I, I'm in a similar situation taking the plunge here soon, and there's a bridal shower, right? My significant other's bridal shower is, uh, is Saturday, okay? So uh, 
you know, things were in the air there for a while. You know, you had to know the Eagles and the Giants weren't going to play at 430 on Saturday, right? I mean, that, that was pretty obvious. But, uh, you know, some of the stuff, there's advanced planning. Look, I'm not involved in that. I'm not blaming anybody. To be clear, you know, you, you never know when, you know, these games are going to happen and if the Eagles are going to be home, et cetera, et cetera. But I do have to call out a lot of my friends who have been dogging me personally and saying that I will be at the shower. I will be collecting gifts. I will be driving the gifts around. That is patently false. I will do my duties. I will be there to collect and uh, chauffeur. But to be clear, I will be in my seat at kickoff with a beer in my hands. Um, there's no uh, abdication of duty at all on my part. You know, and I have to blame a lot of these guys. Like, who set the precedence for the, like, the groom being at the bridal shower? I got nothing to do with it. Why, why do I need to be there? I mean, I got a blender here. I don't need a third blender. I mean... Very nice that everyone wants the blender, but like this blender does 2,400 RPM. The new one, I think, might do 2,600 RPM, so maybe a little bit finer ice, better smoothies. I'm not sure. But to be very clear here, G, I will be at the game. I'm not picking the game. So I just want to kind of, you know, call some guys out. There's been a lot of talk in group chats. Bomb, you won't be at the game. You won't be locked in. You're going to be doing this, doing that. Totally false. And guess what? If the game was at 430, I would still be at the game. I would not go to this uh, uh, event. I would. I, I've been an Eagle season ticket holder for about ten years. Okay, um, some could say I'm married to that game. All right, but I just want to make that known. All right, there's a lot of guys. If you're a young guy listening to this pod, and uh, you know you're you're not yet at the stage of kind of getting married or in a relate, you know all this stuff. You know, just because these schmucks did it before you, you know, these guys got married before you and I was there and, you know, they pinned the tail on the donkey at the bridal shower. That doesn't have to be you, you know, like they always say in the playoffs, be you, be you, be what got you here. Well, what got me here is going to Eagles games and I'll be there Saturday night, baby. Eagles big. I'm taking them. Lay the points. Let's go. (laughs) Let's go. Let's go. Let's go, dude. Wow. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's an 8-15 game. Of course you're going to make it down there. Gee, if it was 4-30, I'd be dialing up an Uber XL and telling the driver to go collect the, you know, the blenders and the cutting boards. Uh, You know, you got to do what you got to do. I think you got to, you got to make sure early on that you you draw a line in the sand. Eagles home playoff game. I got to be there. It's got to be done. But I think I think one of the, the the things you brought up there at the end kind of ties back to the game. It's BU. Like that's what the Eagles have to do on Saturday. Be, be what got you to, to eight and zero or nine and zero. I forget what they started now. It's been a couple months. Be what got you the number one seed. Be what, be what got you home field. We understand people were dinged up um, down the stretch, and and you stumble, and maybe you get a little full of yourself, or. You lose motivation because you have three games. You have one one game to win out of the last three to to, to grab that top seed. Just if if the Eagles are themselves and the team that that we've watched all year, I don't think they'll have any issues winning this game. But like, I love the juice. I, I love the energy. I love that you'll be there. And, and like I kind of said at the top of the coverage here. It's it's been a long year, and it's it's seventeen games now. It's eighteen weeks, and, and the Eagles are tearing off on everybody for 
the better part of the year, and, and you, you kind of just feel like a little bit of a drag. There's nothing to get too juiced up for come late November or come December when things are, are looking bright and, and everything's locked up. But, like, this is it, man. It's January. You watch, you watch this past weekend. You, you listen to these crowds. You see some of these these uh, underdogs go on the road and got some shit out. Like, it's time to show up. And, like, this is why we brought in guys like Hassan Reddick, who's never been in the playoffs. He's going to be jacked the fuck up. Linval Joseph and Dominic and Sue, two, two uh, journeymen. And maybe that's a slight, maybe that's not the right word, but two two veterans, two guys that have been in the league. Why the hell did they sign here for this? This is why they signed here. Those guys are going to be fired the fuck up to eat up blocks in the middle of that field and try to shut down that run game. So it, it's all hands on deck. A.J. Brown, he's not catching passes from Ryan Tannehill in January anymore. He's a, he's in one of the most prolific offenses in the league. So, like, the Eagles has got to be them. Everybody's got to be them. There's going to be plenty of juice in the building. I'm with you. I I I do. I like the Eagles. I think it's it's a it's a case of the Giants with the big road win. Uh, they they were great. I I respect the hell out of them. I, I think they're, they're going to play a tough game. I just think the Eagles are a better team. I think there's going to be so much goddamn juice in that building that they're going to be ready to run through a wall. I, I think the Eagles win the game and and, and cover. 10, 13, 14, I don't think they blow them out, uh, but but I, th- I think they win comfortably, so I'm, I'm fine with giving that out as well. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we've had a trip planned, about eight guys, uh, you know, Penn State trip, Penn State alums. I'm sure you'll eat this right up, Bob, but we're going up to state uh, Friday, and we were talking before all the game times were announced. When when are we going to come back on Sunday? And I had to throw I was the first guy to throw it in there. What we got to figure out what time the Eagles are playing. So then the Eagles are Saturday night. So we're going to be in state college. Uh, we're going to the, the, the hockey game against Notre Dame Friday night. We're going to the basketball game two fifteen. That'll lead us right into, into the chiefs Jags at, at four 30. Uh, it's undecided if we'll be out in state college or back at the house to watch the game Saturday night. Um, That'll be up to the boys, but it's it's six Philly fans, one Giants fan, our boy Bob Party, and and one uh, pesky Steelers fan who just likes to do a lot of chirping. So, should be an interesting time watching the game with that squad. Yeah, the question is, will will Bob Party be rocking a, a, a G Men jersey, or is he going to wear the the Saquon State jersey? Oh, I I would have to imagine the Saquon Giants jersey. Oh, we'll be God. we'll be out in full force on Saturday in State wow. College. Yeah, you know, you, you keep it light. You bring them on the pod. It, it's friendly. The Giants are they're off to a nice start. You're happy for them. They're building something. You want to be a good sport. I think all bets are off on Saturday. Could could get ugly. I don't know if we if we get a wrestling match in a living room or, or fisticuffs, but uh, if it's a close game, the tension is is certainly going to be high. Sounds like a hell of a trip. Do you have any thoughts uh, on the other games? I think I jacked up the total on the Eagles game. I believe it's it's 48. Um, seven and a half Eagles favored. Jags Chiefs. Chiefs are eight and a half point favorite. Totals at 53. The Bills are a four and a half point favorite over the Bengals. I, I don't want to go down this entire rabbit hole, but like, 
we didn't talk about it. Like the Bengals got completely shafted here. Like if they win that game Monday night, I think they have home field in this in this game. Yep. Yeah, I, I haven't done a lot of research. I mean, it's going to be a good weekend of football here. The game I'm most looking forward to is obviously the Eagles, but the second um, game for me is that Jags-Chiefs game. I mean, if there was ever a time for Andy Reid and Mahomes to lay an egg, it would be to Doug. I, I, w- I would just love to see that. And the weekend will round out with Cowboys at San Francisco. I was kind of shocked to see this line when it opened. San Francisco only a three-and-a-half-point home favorite. Um, I guess they're loving that Cowboys performance on, on Monday night. So a couple of close lines, a couple of, of touchdown-plus lines, Eagles and Chiefs, the one seeds laying a little more wood. But I think we we could have four, four nail-biters uh, this divisional weekend. Uh, but we're giving out the Eagles on the pod. We're riding. We're feeling good, feeling confident. Uh, the juice is back a- after a stumble down the stretch of the regular season, uh, and we'll put out some more plays over the weekend. Uh, any other thoughts, tidbits, snippets, uh, words to the wise for our awesome loyal listeners tonight, Bomb? None from me, G. Well, bring the juice on Saturday night, for Christ's sake. Would you get, get get the gifts cleaned up, get the vans loaded, get, get the ladies home safe, and then – Get in that building and get a Miller Lite and get fired the hell up and, and bring the noise. I'm going to bring the same juice I brought on New Year's Day when all these Philly scumbags were down on Two Street at the Mummers. So uh, you're, you're going to get you're going to get playoff bomb, who, who's just a tick above you know clinch bomb. But I'm ready to go, man. I'm fired up. You know I'll be bringing it. Love it, love it. Um, yeah, well, we'll thank everybody for listening. Wherever you are listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, leave that five-star rating. And don't forget to share this podcast with a friend, family member, coworker, whoever. Spread the good word. Go Eagles. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.